In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, as you may or may not know, my first seminary was in Texas. And though I only spent four years there, it was a deeply transformational time for me. It was the first time in my life that I really lived outside of the Southeast. And I got to experience some ingrained culture shock. And I would often take these praying drives. For the most part, I would just drive off in any direction without a goal, uh, generally in the direction of the windmills. It is important to know in this, though, as I was praying my prayers, that I have a terrible sense of direction. And I would very get often, often get lost in these drives. One time I was prayerfully lost and I noticed that the road had signs saying FM 1750. And I couldn't figure out what the road was actually called. But later I would learn that in this part of Texas, these roads are so infrequently traveled that they don't even need a name. And I would learn that FM stood for farm to market road. These roads often being used only by the farmers who lived at the end of them. I learned a lot of lessons in Texas, and it was there that I became very familiar with these sorts of wilderness roads. Though I'm sure that the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, where our lesson from Acts takes place, looked different than FM 1750 in Potosi, Texas, this is kind of where I see this scene being played out between Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Luke, the author of Acts, tells us that an angel of the Lord directed Philip to this wilderness road. The eunuch, who goes unnamed but has been written about extensively in biblical commentaries, is a person of high status. Likely wealthy with his own chariot, he holds all of the queen's monies. He has his own copy of the scroll of Isaiah that he can read on his own account. But nonetheless, this eunuch is an outsider, someone who may have status but can never fully belong because of the way their body is. The Spirit leads Philip to join them and to inquire their understanding. Once invited into the chariot to help the eunuch understand the scripture, he begins to share the good news of God in Christ. I love the story of the exchange between Philip and the unnamed eunuch. I love it because of its simplicity. I love it because it no doubt takes some unexpected turns. This passage is one that is often used in talking about evangelism because Philip shares the good news. But it was the eunuch who stopped and asked, here is water, what is pre prevents me from being baptized? And I wonder if Philip was surprised at how quickly the good news was received. I wonder if he felt like he had to give a hard sell on why being a follower of Christ was worth the cost. I love this story when I think about what evangelism means because it's so clearly not an example of what evangelism is often thought to be. Evangelism is sometimes used synonymously with proselytizing, but I think that the two couldn't be further apart. The first literally means to share the good news. We see Philip 
follow the Spirit's leading, engaging in an honest conversation with someone who is on the outside of the bounds of society, and to share why it matters to follow Christ. In contrast, proselytizing is to shame others into a way of believing like you do. It's to spread the fear of what's to come if you don't do things exactly the right way. What we see here on this wilderness road is not just a great example of evangelism. It's also a conversion story. And let's not get it wrong. Both people in this story are converted. A common trap when we think about evangelism is to think that it's one-sided. But anyone who has followed the Spirit's leading like Philip did will tell you it will change you. Anyone who is honestly and faithfully engaged with somebody who is different than them in every way imaginable will tell you that it changes you. Anyone who has seen the impact of sharing the good news will tell you it's a conversion experience in its own right. Being a part of the Spirit's work in this world, being a part of bringing God's kingdom on earth is a humbling experience. It's a reminder that we are not the gatekeepers of God's salvation. Because it was not Philip who stopped the eunuch's chariot and asked him what was stopping him from being baptized. It was the choice of the eunuch. And it's powerful to see the effects of the gospel so quickly and so fully. In the days leading up to Pentecost, we hear these stories from the book of Acts on Sunday mornings because the church was in its early stages. The glory of the resurrection still feels like a live wire, and there's a hunger not just for the good news, but to share the good news. For us here at Christ Church, there is an energy that I think probably feels similar to what that early church felt. We'll spend the weeks leading up to Pentecost working our way back to in-person and to communion. The joy is palpable. The joy is so palpable. But I think it would be honest to say it also feels a little bit like a wilderness road. I thought a lot this week about Philip's willingness to follow the Spirit's leading down that wilderness road. I've thought a lot about how hard it is to openly engage in conversation with somebody who is different than you. I've thought a lot about what it means to share the good news of God and Christ. I've thought a lot about what it means to share The good news of God and Christ, not mere days after the resurrection, but two millennia. I've thought a lot about the eunuch, who somehow sits both inside and outside of society's norms. I've thought about their eagerness to hear and learn, and how when the opportunity to follow Christ presented itself, they took it with gusto. 
I thought about what it means for us on our own wilderness road. I wonder what it looks like to openly and honestly name that all are welcome in the kingdom of God, even those we would typically put beyond salvation. I've thought a lot about the ways in which we can succumb to the pressure to feel like we are the guardians of God's kingdom. When in reality, we are called to proclaim it. And in all of this, I can't help but hope that we will be changed by this wilderness road. That we will have our own conversion experience as we hold not just the resurrection of Christ near to our hearts, but also these stories of the early church as well. This week, I invite you to get prayerfully lost. Get prayerfully lost on the wilderness road. Pray that you may hear the Spirit's calling upon your lives, because make no mistake, Each of us is being called to do something. Pray that you may have ears to hear and eyes to see those opportunities to share the good news of God in Christ. The good news that we don't get to decide who experiences God's salvation. Pray that you may have the courage and faith of Philip. Pray that you may have the openness and conviction of the eunuch as we walk to Pentecost. Because the truth is, the question that the eunuch asks can be applied to us as well today. What is preventing us from living out our faith? What is preventing us from living fully into our baptized lives? Because just like the eunuch, even on the wilderness road, there is nothing preventing us from sharing the good news of God and Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.